welcome to the Extension Experience Podcast with your hosts, Josh Bouchong, Trent Malachik, and Dana Zook. Here you'll find insights into Oklahoma agriculture from West Area Specialists employed by Oklahoma State University Extension. Their perspectives come from assisting county educators and producers in the areas of agronomy, animal science, and economics. Thank you for joining us. My name is Trent Malachik. I'm Dana Zook. And Josh Bouchong. We have some updates we wanted to get put out in a little more timely fashion. I think Dana's going to talk a little bit about a meeting that's coming up that has to deal with forages. And Josh is going to give us some updates on some changes to extend to flex technology and some of the herbicides that we can apply to those uh, crops. But first off, I'll just let Dana kind of give us an overview of this new lunch series, lunch meeting series. Yeah. Thing. Yep. The beef team, beef, beef cattle extension team has, they've just recently wrapped up a uh, lunchtime series on um, preconditioning cattle and that sort of thing. And so we're moving into a new series called a forage management series. It's Thursdays from 1230, and they're covering a variety of topics. Um, some of the topics include continuous versus high intensity rotational grazing. That would be the first topic, multi-species grazing, um, stacking round bales, round bale storage, managing Bermuda grass, some internet-based tools for rangeland management. It'll go, I think we have about eight uh, topics to hear that will stretch from Thursday, June 25th through Thursday, August 6th. And again, that's from 1230, 1.30. So we're gonna catch you over your lunchtime period. It's a webinar, so it's very easy to access. You can register online. So um, beefextension.okstate.edu um, is where you would look this up, but also include this in our on our spotlight page. So you can have a quick link to register. And once you register, it's really easy. They, they send you a reminder of when it's gonna happen and really easy to log on and listen to some of those state specialists from really across um, Oklahoma, both from Langston and Oklahoma State. We have some from K-State, University of Wisconsin. So I'm really looking forward to this. I think it'd be really valuable for producers across Oklahoma. Is there any cost for this meeting? It's a free meeting. Um, just We just hope you can attend. It's being hosted on Zoom, so you can listen from a computer or a phone, correct? Yes. Yep. You don't need a camera or anything like that. Just, just the ability to listen. Yeah. I'm happy if my camera doesn't work. <laughs> Maybe everybody is. <laughs> Thank you for that. So moving on, extended flex technology with Josh. Well, uh, thanks for leading there. Yeah. Good Sorry, transition. Guys. So if I'm correct, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, was the one that came out with these restrictions that we're going to be talking about and that changes up the type of herbicides we can use on some of our extended flex uh, crops, such as soybeans and cotton. I'll kind of let you <laughs> get into the technicals there. But that's Sounds very complicated. Good, good of a yeah. lead in as I can give you. Well, the, like you said, the Ninth Circuit Court came out June 3rd with the ruling that we can no longer use dicamba products over the top of those dicamba tolerant cotton and soybeans to extend the flex technology. So EPA came out a few days later on June 8th and said we can still use it uh, if you already purchased it, either a grower or commercial applicator, if you have have it in your use or in your shed, you can use it up till July 31st. And so there's still some back and forth going on about that. So it's still not resolved and we still don't know any ideas for next year. But 
if you've already purchased the product and you still have till July 31st to use those three products, it's only affected those three, which were the original three labeled for in-crop use on dicamba tolerant cotton and soybeans. And that's the Extendamax, the Fexapan, and, and, and Ingenia. Um, there's a fourth one that came out this year, Tavium. Uh, it's a product by Syngenta. It's got the new dicamba with the vapor grip technology for low volatility, uh, but it's also a pre-mix with esmetolachlor, so dual. Uh, so that tank mix, since it came out later, it wasn't part of this uh, ruling. Uh, so if you can get your hands on some, uh, it's going to be short supply right now. Uh, but the biggest thing on the Tavium uh, is... Uh, it does have some restrictions that the other three didn't. Uh, it never got a section 24C like the other three products got. Uh, so we don't have that extended time frame of application throughout the day. So you have to wait or go by the federal label like we were going by. Uh, then on double crop beans, so if you still haven't planted yours or you're just starting to plant your soybeans, uh, we cannot apply Tavium into a double crop soybean. Uh, so the reason why they put that on there was try to avoid late season or late in the year applications where other soybeans might be further along that could have more sensitivity to the dicamba drift. Uh, so that's why they have that measure in there. And there's, believe a 90 day pre-harvest interval on soybeans and a hundred day pre-harvest interval on cotton with Tavium. And so most of us are back to technologies we're using before this. Obviously, that was a big tool having those oxen technologies, either dicamba or the enlist with 2,4-D choline as to give us more options for those hard to control weeds that might have herbicide resistance to products we're already using like Roundup, glyphosate. Uh, so we're still utilizing Roundup or Liberty uh, glufosinate if you're in those systems, uh, Liberty link systems or Roundup ready system, but also we still need to stress the importance of a residual product, either pre or early post with the early post application to give us some residual because we're not just going to get it with those simple shot of a Roundup or a glufosinate product. So starting out with duels or Outlook or Warrant or anything like that, and then coming back and adding something like Valor or Authority or even dual uh, to get that residual. Uh, we still have some PPO herbicides, Group 14, Cadet, Cobra, uh, Reflex. Uh, Reflex, you might have to make sure you have some, uh, know what you're going to plant next because it does have some residual that might affect your next crop. Uh, wheat, I think, is or other small grains, including wheat, uh, is four-month plant back. Uh, and if you're going to corn, I think it's 10-month plant back. Uh, so there's some other PPO options, and then there's also some ALS Group 2 options, like Classic, First Rate, uh, that we can use. And we still have a lot of products for grasses, like Assure 2, Fusillade, Post, and Select, uh, to get those grass species. But we still have plenty of options, but it is a tool out of the toolbox for some. Yeah, I think it's important for producers to remember, especially if they're... Yeah, you know, we don't have a whole lot of seasoned soybean growers in certain parts of the state. Uh, in Oklahoma, you know, we we have our traditional growing areas, and then we've seen soybeans uh, make some a splash in some new areas as kind of economic reasons and things like that. As it's moved further west and probably further south than it ever has in the past, and just to remember that there's some some older technologies or some some technologies we've used in the past that are still available for soybeans, even if this extend to flex technology is getting changed. 
there's options, but maybe they aren't as robust or we have to be a little bit more timely perhaps with some of those applications. Timely is going to be the biggest aspect. A lot of those products, especially like PPOs, even some of the ALS products, we're going to have to get those weeds when they're small. So if we have, like we're getting this rain right now, we have delayed applications due to wind uh, or any other measures. Uh, if we get out there too late, our options are fewer and fewer. So that's why a lot of guys still need to rely on those uh, pre-emerge uh, products that we can use for residual activity. They have to go out before they're emerged, but we still get the residual out of it. So if we don't get over it in a timely fashion with our other post products, uh, we can still get good control. So that's going to buy us time. So even an early post application, putting those products in there, it buys us time. And hopefully we get good in incorporation with rainfall on some of those products. I know some guys say sometimes they never work. It just depends on how it rains to get those products activated and incorporated. So it sounds like to me, you just need to spray them when they're little. Spray it when they're little. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it's easier said than done. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's even on these dicamba product labels that we're supposed to be spraying before weeds are four inches tall. Uh, some of these other products you might need to spray before the weeds are two inches tall. So even a tighter window. Uh, so having your own sprayer is going to be beneficial so you can get out there when you're ready instead of relying on getting an order in to get someone out there to spray for you. Uh, it's all going to be timing is going to be the biggest attribute and whether or not you have success. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. You don't want to wait until the mare's tail are four feet tall, right? Yeah. You get careless weed or pig weed or kosher, a little bit of soil moisture in 95 degree days. They go from two inches to four inches very fast. And yeah. the biggest problem on those, like you said, pig weeds or even mare's tail, the taller they get, the more growing points they have. So even some products we can kill most of the plant, but if it has one node that's still active, it's going to put out another shoot. So and then once you've sprayed it and it's still growing, then it's really resistant to it, right? Not How really resistant. You're just selecting the ones that already had that resistance. Okay. So, okay. But there are things that we can use like ground speed coverage, uh, spray volume like that to make sure we have less issues with resistance over time. But resistance is always going to go back to crop rotation and use different modes of action on herbicides to prevent that. Okay. And to Dana's point, you can harden off a weed a little bit too, whether that's through drought stress or a poor application of a, of a previous herbicide, it can make that weed a little bit harder to kill later on uh, with a second application as well. Yeah, some of those species will have a thicker cuticle when they're hardening off for drought or heat stress. And so it's harder to get that product into that weed to get activity out of it. Well, if it's hot and dry, is there a particular additive that I need to be concerned with to try to get more efficacy on my product? Depends on your products. Uh, most products are going to have different options for you. Um, methylated seed oil or crop oil is going to be uh, better for those situations, but also have a higher risk for crop crop injury. Uh, but non-oxyfactants are going to be a little bit safer, but definitely better than nothing. Uh, but just look at those labels on what product you're using for what weeds you're using and what's the best recommendation to go with. Yeah, always read that label because you'll have different recommendations for all those different types of chemicals that we've listed today. So, you know, any, any recommendation we make through a podcast is really futile uh, in terms of what a farmer needs on their own field. So definitely read those labels and, and consult help if you need it uh, through extension or, or any other avenue you can if timeliness is the 
is the most important thing and you got to get an answer as fast as possible we encourage you just to to seek help if you need it because a poor application is is going to haunt us the rest of the year so we encourage you to reach out to our county educators and our county offices and to get some of that some of that guidance on those different types of chemicals and our osu state specialists did come out with two new fact sheets real quick for guys that were going to use dicamba but now no longer have that option uh, fact sheets uh, pss 2195 is some options for soybean uh, herbicides and then pss 2196 they have some recommendations for cotton uh, so definitely look those up uh, find those pdfs or online yeah we'll put them in the in the show notes in the spotlight yeah, yeah. And then one other update would be if you are, especially now that we're after wheat harvest, uh, some guys starting to use Paraquat now. Uh, if you haven't had your Paraquat training, uh, it is the new label on the product uh, says you have to have that training. Uh, so go to usparaquattraining.com and it'll forward you to the e-extension website to go through that virtual training and you have to make 100% on before you can use the new Paraquat products. Is there a limitation to how many times I can take that test? You keep going through it until you make 100%, and then it's good for three years. Okay. Well, that's been our somewhat quick little update mm -hmm. there with some timely topics that we wanted all of you to, to know about. And we probably have some more of these throughout the year if we find that things need to get out there a little bit quicker. Again, this, this Extend the Flex, uh, the changes to that technology are going to be very far reaching. So again, we encourage you to reach out with questions to, to your county office if, if you so need those answers. And, you know, we're always here to help. And you know, this is going to shock the industry a little bit, but I think we can work through it together. We do have a lot of different options out there that, that we've used in the past that work well. We just need to be timely with our applications and make sure that we're doing everything we can so that Mother Nature can, can do the rest. We appreciate you joining us today and we'll talk to you next time. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you would like to hear more or follow up on the topics discussed, please reach out to your local county extension agent. OSU has a presence in all 77 counties with educators eager to assist you. Also, please consider checking the description for links to our social media pages and further information pertinent to the conversation. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.